friends, and welcome to the CU Insight Network podcast. My name is Lauren Kolb. I'm the publisher and CEO at CUinsight.com. And it's my job on this show to have conversations with the thought leaders who support the credit union community. We get to identify issues that are affecting credit unions and talk about best practices that exist so that we can all gain a few nuggets and learn from one another and ultimately improve our credit unions. My guest on today's show, actually a return guest, so excited to have him here. John Janclay, the president at Nimbus QSO, is joining me. John, thanks so much for being back. <laughs> Lauren, it's nice to join you again and um, coming to you from beautiful Las Vegas. Oh, amazing. Well, I am up here in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, where it is still cold. So hopefully spring is around the corner. <laughs> well, John, you were on the show a couple of years ago. It was actually episode 15, and now we're in the 50s now. But uh, episode 15 back then, it was so excited to have you back on. But that episode in 2021, we chatted a lot about digital transformation, about creating a culture of growth, and still such relevant topics today. But so much has changed. Even in the last 6 to 12 months, You know, we're in such a different place today than we were in 2021. I'm curious, how would you say that the environment for credit unions has really evolved in the last two years? And how has Nimbus evolved since our last conversation too? Yeah, I think those are two really good questions. So starting with how the uh, credit union environment uh, has changed, I think there's some really... uh, I'm a positive person by nature. And what I've watched is from two years ago, Lauren, when you and I first met, we were talking about this big thorny problem, I called it, which was digital transformation. And it was very hard to approach from any direction. That's why it was thorny. And whether you were talking about people, processor technology, we were all a little, I don't know, stupefied or, you know, we were our beginning efforts, let's say, in approaching digital transformation. And 24 months later, here we are. And, you know, credit unions have a lot of proof points in market with things that they set out as, you know, on their drawing board, what they wanted to do. And now the benefit is we all get to learn from that. And so that's beginning to accelerate credit unions' response to digital transformation with best practices and all kinds of things. You know, I was talking to somebody because I was here last week for FinTech Meetup, and I said, it's just been a very interesting progression over just like the last eight weeks for me, uh, starting with we were at GAC where we were talking about legislation, regulation that would enable credit unions to keep doing their mission right? And then we're at FinTech Meetup where, you know, technology companies are meeting with credit unions and we're talking about what we're going to do next together. And this week I'm here at NACUSO where we're talking about how can CUSOs contribute to digital transformation with these new super CUSOs that are being done. So just by way of example, I mean, that's, that's the arc. It is happening and it's so exciting. And to be a part of that, you know, with uh, some of our credit unions is great, which is a good segue to um, you know, Nimbus, who we've become in the last 24 months, like, oh, my gosh, you know, um, just from an employee standpoint, we've grown from I think we had 130 employees the last time that you and I spoke. And we are now at uh, what, 425 heading to 450. Wow. Um, you know, the amount of folks who are here at work, you know, doing implementations is great. Last time we spoke, we were talking about this idea of niche banking as a way to help credit unions grow. And uh, now we have 16 of them that are live. We have four more that are on the drawing board that will be, you know, out in market in the next, you know, six months or so. And we have a library of 20 niches that we've built now. So that that's just, you know, the progress that's been made. 
And all the while, we continue to work on just our, our you know, core technology, which is, you know, our core uh, banking system. Uh, gosh, we've put over 400 million into the platform. And so it's beginning to really develop nicely. So credit unions who are looking for that modern core, here it comes. Those are just a few examples of, you know, the last 24 months kind of observations and things that are going on. But you got to feel pretty good about all of that, what's happening for credit unions and what's happening for Nimbus. That is so true. Amazing to hear about the growth on the Nimbus side. And there has been so much going on in the credit union space. Growth. So to that point, growth is on everyone's mind right now. Where do you think growth in 2023 can really come from for credit unions? Yeah, I mean, so right now, the problem that's sitting front and center for everybody is uh, deposit growth and hopefully low cost deposit growth. And so we're helping to respond in that way of taking a look at your field of membership and saying, you know, we've not yet invited people into the credit union yet. So acquiring new members is a way to grow base deposits. And then also putting out niche brands, um, like for Michigan, we, we put out Alumnify for their alumni to have compelling deposit products that are available digitally is a way to help them grow. So deposits is top of mind for everybody. But, you know, this cycle will pass this need for deposits and we'll just return to, you know, the block and tackling of running a great financial institution. And that's going to be, you know, how do we acquire? How do we deepen relationships? You know, how do we retain relationships? And so technology is a big deal in this regard in, in, in making all three of those things happen. Um, that was one of the gifts of COVID. I know we talk about that a lot as being in the rearview mirror. But it did accelerate people's expectations, their adoption rates, um, their defection rates. So when you're thinking about growing, we'll come back to these fundamentals about acquiring, you know, deep in relationships and retaining them and technology being a big driver. So, you know, that's kind of the growth challenges that are out there. But we're a heck of a lot better than we were 24 months ago at doing this. Absolutely. Well, I want to go back to Nimbus for a second. Uh, I'm going to go off script here for for a moment. You talked about the growth that you all have seen over the last couple of years, which is just tremendous. How have you been able to really overcome any of the growing pains in in doing that? And you know, company culture as as you really sort of exponentially grow as an organization. Yeah, I mean, we're we're lucky. We've got a very visionary CEO who gets culture. Right. That that's, you know, if culture is, you know, how we get things done around here through people, process and technology, working really intently on this. So, for an example, um, at one time we had employees crossing over eight different time zones. So just think about just trying to coordinate the work effort across that many time zones. So we've consolidated that and we keep rationalizing that, you know, where you find talent, where is it? How's it going to be able to coordinate work well together? So that's one of the things that we've been, you know, working hard and focusing on. The other one is how we engage credit unions when we meet with you. You know, we've always been a big proponent, you know, listen twice as much as you speak, but um, that we're doing a better job of inquiry about, you know, what's happening specifically for you. And then how can our solutions, now that they've matured another 24 months and been in market, that we can match those to your needs. So we just got a heck of a lot better at that. I would say before, Lauren, when we would sit down with somebody, it might take 12 weeks to go through this kind of three-step process, and I'll describe it. The first one was, we just meet with you and tell you a story about who we are, what we do, listen to you, kind of what you wanted to do. We would come back maybe three weeks later and say, okay, with all of that, 
we think we've got two or three compelling ways to address your issues. And here they are. In that meeting, you might pick one and we'd say, okay, we'll come back in three weeks to four weeks and, and come back with a plan, an implementation plan and the economics for you and what the forecast is and how it will grow and, and all of that. So we've, we've tightened that up now to where we can get through those three really important conversations in six weeks, right? Wow. So we have the time to do that, which is so important. I mean, you think about an environment where you need to grow and make decisions from a portfolio of options that we can develop together with you and put to your portfolio an option sooner rather than later, you know, by almost half the time that we used to do. That's a big improvement for credit unions. You know, like they need to make a decision. They need the data. They need the business plan, whether or not you go with us, but you've got the data in front of you quickly now to, to do that. That is such a cool uh, kind of story of, of what you've really been able to do at Nimbus. And I know we all have growing pains as, as we kind of evolve. And from the credit union side, then technology is really opening so many doors for credit unions to grow in a number of different ways, but it really comes with its challenges. And so I'm curious, what do you see to be maybe the bigger challenges for credit unions as they're kind of adopting new technology and growing in different ways? Yeah, I think we're uh, maybe over the the inflection point, but it remains. And that, and that is that doing digital transformation is a team sport for the executive suite. It cannot be delegated, you know, two or three clicks down in the organization. And that's everything from your ideation and lining it up with strategy to figuring out how to fund it, to moving to implementation, to following up and saying, Hey, did we get the results we expected strategically? I know we did on time, on schedule, on budget, but are we getting the strategic outcomes, the growth that we wanted and staying with it? And we're watching executive teams at credit unions do that. And Lauren, it makes all the difference in the world about how fast the credit union can metabolize a good idea, get the results faster. And then, you know, in this agile world, hey, learn, you know, our first idea going to market was good, but you know, we got an idea that would even be better. And so by the executive team staying very close to that, it's just speeding up the cycle and everybody's learning together about, you know, how do we tackle this stuff together? I love that saying that uh, digital transformation is a team sport. (laughs) (laughs) You would know so much about that. You had a, a really, really wonderful credit union background before this new chapter at Nimbus. And speaking of chapters, I have heard that you are writing a book. So I'm so curious. Can you share more about what drove you to write the book? What's it about? When can folks access it? Well, thank you. So it's an obsession that has been on my mind. You mentioned back at Partners, we did some technology pushes and we called it 4X. Can we bring four times the value to our members four times quicker, right? And it was the search of how do we need to change our whole culture and organization to do that? And it was during that time that I found one of the key ingredients to that is that it's how you partner with your technology companies and others. And um, so the book that I'm writing is called The Partnership Advantage, How to Revitalize Community Financial Institutions. And the way that we do that, if a greater portion of our mission is going to be executed by folks outside the organization, what does that tell us about what management's activities need to be? And it starts with the idea that, you know, you can take a look at uh, your portfolio of, of partners and you can assess how they're doing. And you can look at them in a portfolio view rather than one by one. And it'll begin to speak to you about where you need to begin to make upgrades or improvements and 
optimization of that system of systems. You can almost think of like an ecosystem picture of all your partnerships. And I've been able to circle back and lean on the expertise of uh, Dr. Dan Dennison at Michigan University at the business school there, and also Dr. Carolyn Fisher, who's one of his colleagues. And together, we're looking at their science of building high-performing cultures. What are the dimensions of that? And saying, you know what, if it's true inside of the organization, part of that also applies to the folks you've hired to work for you, your vendors and your partners outside the organization. So we can take that learning, we can extend it, that science, and uh, optimize, you know, your effectiveness. And again, this is another executive, you know, team suite sport, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it's, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Um, we're, we're, we just locked the manuscript. So now it's all about polishing it and getting it ready to be, you know, out to market, you know, maybe July, August, something like that. The book will be out. That is so cool. Well, we are going to uh, link to uh, wherever it can be available, <laughs> wherever folks can access it. But we'll definitely put that name here in the show notes so folks can get access to it. And we'll be sure to share it again once it's available. I love I love the story behind why you're writing it. And, and I think there are so many kind of important takeaways from the power of really partnering with folks to to be able to bring technology or bring new things to members that we haven't been able to do on our own. And so when a credit union is looking at partnering with a new vendor, or maybe we could say just establishing a partnership with an industry partner, are there any things you think that they should really be on the lookout for? Yeah, I think the criteria that we use for selecting um, partners or vendors, if you want to say that, um, is good. I mean, it is absolutely foundational, you know, understanding, you know, what they deliver, what's the standard of the work, what's the quality of the technology, what about the security of the tech, you know, all of those things. And I think that's really important. But I think sometimes where we have a miss is if we don't spend enough time and alignment on mission, vision, where we're going. Um, how will we work together? Like, what is our shared process for getting our shared work done together? Um, also about um, how do we make sure that you can get so down in the weeds on some of this work that we never lose our view of the member, right? That collectively, both, you know, Nimbus and our partnering credit union, we're looking at the member and what's the impact of what we're doing? Are we are we delighting the member? Are we really satisfying their needs? Is in what way are we going to get better? And you can see how sometimes that can get left on the table because we get so focused on implementation and upgrades. So I think that's just what we've learned and it's just what works. So we're just learning a lot about that. That is so good. I, I think such a, an important thing for folks to think about. And as the world around us changes, you know, maybe we'll be doing another one of these podcast episodes two years from now. <laughs> we just did the last one two years ago. You know, as the world changes, where is Nimbus really focusing for, for its own evolution, its own growth going forward? And, and what are we going to be talking about two years from now when we sit down and do this again? <laughs> well, we're beginning to see the early stages, Lauren, of what we our plan says and that we are developing a modern core. And in this past, you know, 24 months, as we're doing this look back, we've competed in RFP against the majors, you know, um, and I won't name them here, but we know who they are, those old legacy technologies. And we've won an RFPs going head to head with them. And now our new core will be in market in 2024. So folks, again, will be able to see, okay, better tech. Let's see if the implementation goes well. Let's see it in market, what improvements can be had. So we're really excited about that. 
So what I think you're going to begin to see if we were to look ahead 24 months is that our core banking business is going to be moving up. You'll hear us talking more and more proof points in market about the modern core being there and modern technology, as well as our niche uh, launches. So a greater share will be core business. I love it. All right, John. Well, as we wrap up the show, I always like to have some fun with rapid fire questions so that our listeners get to know you better. You have such a cool story. We like to say the questions are rapid, but your answers don't have to be. And we mix the questions up from your last episode. So if you are ready, we will jump right in. Fire away. All right. Who is someone in your life that was just a great leader and what makes them so great? Oh my gosh. You know, I started out working for a savings and loan. And my leader was a guy named Mike Steinauer. And Mike was a former Marine. And he actually then played for uh, and with Joe Namath. He was a fullback. And he was just this big, gruff guy. But he had a kind heart. And I needed a lot of polishing and a lot of work as a young executive. And what I appreciated about him is he really took a vested interest in you. And sometimes it may be tough love because Mike was kind of gruff, but he would say, hey, that just doesn't work. You got to stop that, right? In favor of, and you need to do this. Now let's work on that together. But he he was just so um, connected to you and watching you and coaching you, uh, sometimes with some tough love, but I needed it at that time. There was a lot of things that I needed to work on. So I, I always appreciated his approach. That's awesome. The The book Radical Candor comes to mind. And, and I, I think that's something that they talk about too. Really direct feedback in it. I love that. Such a gift. If you are going to splurge on something, so you want to treat yourself, what is something you might spend a little bit on? Oh my gosh. It would be experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. What would be a one in recent memory? Okay. So some friends and us came to Las Vegas to see Sting. And so we got to catch up with friends, of course, have good dinners here and see a great concert. And so if I'm going to splurge, it's going to be about some kind of experience with friends and family. Amazing. What a good thing to splurge on. All right. let's. This is a new random question. We're going to test it out on you. You have traveled a lot for work. What city are you most excited to visit when you're going to a conference? What what city is it that when a conference is there, you're like, yes, this is one I'm excited to go to? Oh, you're going to push me on this. I do travel a lot and I see a <laughs> lot of places. But if I had to say right now, I love Chicago. Okay. Um, I love the buzz of the city. I love the food. I love the music. I am in particular just drawn to people from the Midwest for whatever reason. If I were to look at you know, that that half dozen people who are your good friends, they're from the Midwest. So there's just something about the magic of Chicago, the hustle and bustle of it. It just, uh, I like it. It fits for me. I love that. That's amazing. It, it's cold though in the winter. So we visit on certain months. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Maybe it builds character or something. <laughs> well, what is a book that you think just everyone should read? Mm, I read a lot. I would say Time, Talent, Energy um, is the title of the book. It was written by a group of Bain & Company partners. And they begin to notice that the companies that really perform well, I mean, like 30, 40% more returns, are companies that really manage those three things very well. And the book goes into great detail as a leader, how to think about managing time in your organization to help it get ahead of it. Cause you know, that's the constraint, right? Is always time and how to manage talent differently with some of the new insights that we have. And they talk about somebody who transcends just being 
not only a servant leader, but an inspirational leader. And what do we mean by, you know, inspiration? And so they spend some time on that. So time, talent, and then energy. That actually the job of a leader is to elevate the energy in the organization and make it rise and then focus it to a part of the mission. And that there's things that you can learn about increasing energy. There's things that zap energy and there's things that kind of, you know, push it up organizationally. So I, I just think it's just an awesome book. And what I like about it is more than this is the theory, what we've learned, they actually show you companies that they've rated and what their returns are. And that's where that that 30% lift comes from. It is as if I remember reading in the book, Lauren, it said, there's one team that goes to work and on Thursday at noon, they can go home because they got the mission done. The team is not inspired, that doesn't manage energy well, has to work till Saturday to noon to get the same results. So staggering, right? Wow. Isn't that fascinating? That is fascinating. Well, we are going to link to that here and I'm going to add it to my list as well. What has been your best hack for creating balance and integration between your work life and your life life? Well, I'm I'm really fortunate in that one of my passions is is a lifestyle thing, right? So we're big into equestrian sports and we're fortunate to live at a place where the horses are on property and we have some training arenas. So, you know, for me to get away, my hack is I walk out the back door and, you know, it begins, you know, some of it's a lot of work like mucking stalls and doing stuff like that. <laughs> but I mean, certainly I do get away from all things Nimbus just by walking out my back door. And that's a huge passion. That's amazing. All right. Well, we're going to link to everything we talked about today in the show notes. We're excited to, to see your book come out in a couple of months. We can link to that too. My last question for you today, though, is do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share or final asks of our listeners today? It, it is really a thank you, Lauren, to you and to, to see you insight. I mean, being able to share these ideas, is, yeah, it's gratifying for me. But I listen to every single one of your interviews that's out there. And it's a great way for me to kind of stay in touch with my peers. What's going on? What are we thinking about? And I really like this extended format. I feel like I get to know some of my peers that I've not been able to visit with in a while and catch up with them and hear what they're doing. And so I, I guess that's my final thought. It's a thank you. Thank you for, for having this forum for us. Well, thank you so much, John, for, for being on the show today. We're going to link, like I said earlier, to everything that we talked about and some contact information for you and your team at Nimbus too. So many cool things happening over there. It's been uh, really a joy and inspiration to see all of the things you've been working on. So thank you for your time. Thanks for joining. Hope that you stay well. We get to run into each other in person again soon. And thanks to all of our listeners today for tuning into the CU Insight Network podcast. And we will be back again next time. 